Well, hello and welcome to the Between Movements podcast, episode 19. And today I'm going to continue my topic. In the last episode, I talked a little bit about why classical music is still relevant today and why I ultimately chose to be a professional classical musician instead of focusing on a different genre. Now, before I jump right in, I just want to remind you all that you can see more of my content on my social media and YouTube channel at josh.v.music, where I have recordings, performances, and educational content. And if you want to support me directly, you can always do so on my Patreon page, where I post exclusive content, and you will also be funding this podcast, as well as my creation of Rachmaninoff's third concerto arrangement for single piano. Now, to continue this topic, I wanted to mention the importance of long-form works in an age where increasingly short form is becoming more and more prominent. YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, Facebook Reels, TikTok, all of these are short video clips that have become the predominant way in which people consume their entertainment content on their phones. Now, I am not categorically against doing short-form content. In fact, I post a lot myself. But primarily the goal in posting my short form content is to attract interest and to bring people back to the longer form works that I have on YouTube, these podcasts, etc. However, I am aware of the problems that come with short form content. There have been many studies showing that constant social media attention has narrowed our collective attention span and adversely affected mental health. This is an epidemic that is hard to argue against. I would highly encourage everyone to check out the documentary, The Social Dilemma, which came out in 2020. And it shows that all of these social media sites are not as innocuous as some of us might like to think. I think there is growing awareness of this. And people are aware that that these apps were engineered to be addictive and keep the user on the app as long as possible because ultimately the more time we spend on these apps, the more time we see ads and the more revenue that these companies make. I tell people all the time, if I was not a musician and if I was not posting entertaining content and educational content, I really think I would get rid of my social media entirely. And all that I post is strictly related to music. I don't really post anything about my life except for a very, very rare occasion, maybe once a year. Now, in my opinion, this is not a new phenomenon. It's been happening in the days of radio and television for decades. I think one of the worst things that happened to music was the radio edit, and how today it's virtually unheard of to come across a song on the radio that lasts more than four minutes long. If you contrast this to the classic rock songs of the 60s or the 70s, I mean, you have Stairway to Heaven, which is about eight minutes long. You would never, you would never hear that kind of a song in today's world. So the attention span has slowly been decreasing and decreasing and decreasing, and this is all due to commercial motives on the parts of these companies, on the parts of these apps, these developers, these stations, these outlets, these channels. I also think that this is one of the main reasons why classical music seems to be dying or at least losing popularity, because it is very hard for a lot of people who only consume short-form content, that's all they know, to even think about sitting through a piece that's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, let alone an hour or an hour and a half symphony. But just because it's less popular doesn't mean that it's not good for you. For instance, if you take reading, nobody argues that reading is bad for you. Everybody knows that it's good to read, but not a lot of people do read. Why? Because it takes work. It is much easier to pull out that phone and just mindlessly scroll than to pick up a book, read it, pick it up the next day, read it, pick it up the next day. It could take weeks to finish a novel. In the same way, it's not that easy to determine that you're going to sit through an entire concerto or a symphony. However, I believe that there are massive benefits in doing so. 
I spoke in the last episode about how classical music fans seem to grow in their appreciation of the art form over time and not vice versa. I think it's because the more we are exposed to these great masterpieces, the more we are able to see the kind of work that went into them, the point that the artist was trying to get across, and simply seeing that excellence is not easily achieved. It takes a lot of hard work and dedication. And especially listening to and even going to these concerts is a great way to combat this collective attention deficit that our society is gaining over time. As an artist, when I perform or put out recordings, one of the best compliments I receive is when someone tells me, wow, that went by so fast, or I wish, I wish you had played more after I play an hour of music. That means that I was doing my job and keeping the audience engaged. Now, another reason why I stuck with classical music and why I think it's still relevant is that the fundamentals of the music theory developed through classical music have led to all sorts of styles. Classical music has influenced everything from jazz to rock to even hip-hop and R&B. These works themselves have influenced so many pieces over the years. In fact, I just watched a short little interview with the guitarist Richie Blackmore from Deep Purple and how he came up with the famous Smoke on the Water riff. He says he actually stole that riff from Beethoven's Fifth Symphony and loosely played it backwards. Great jazz pianists like Bill Evans or Oscar Peterson have constantly said how much classical music has influenced their work. I've even heard samples of classical music in many hip-hop pieces or even house music pieces. So because classical music has influenced so much music and because it is so diverse and varied over the hundreds of years of its output, I feel like, therefore, when I'm playing classical music, I never run out of the creative impulse or inspiration to create my own pieces from this immense library of music. Now this next reason is a little bit biased, I know, because I am a pianist, but one of the things that I like about being a pianist is that you don't have to rely on a band or an ensemble in order to have a career or to make music. I had mentioned previously that I was more into guitar back in my middle school and high school days. Not just rock guitar, but I also took classical guitar lessons for a couple of years, and I was thinking about picking that up instead of the piano. But it was actually my dad who helped me realize that as a pianist, it would be far easier to get work, and he ended up being right about that. My main source of income over the last 12 years or so has actually been piano accompaniment, where I get to play with all the instruments of the orchestra as well as singers. And by working with all these different instruments, I feel that my personal music making has been enhanced by understanding the different ways that musicians approach their instrument. For example, with breathing or bowing, something that we don't have to think of as pianists, intonation being another. But working with these people has amplified my understanding and appreciation of the music that I play on the piano. The best pianists always imitate. We are not just playing piano, we're imitating an orchestra or imitating all kinds of different sounds. Some pianists will say that we are really illusionists. We're trying to create the illusion that the instrument we're playing is actually a limitless palette of color, when really it is a percussion instrument. You push down the key, a hammer hits a string, but it is so much more than that when it's played with all the nuance. Because of this, I believe that the piano is the most self-sufficient of all the instruments. And I believe it's safe to say that the piano has the biggest repertoire of any instrument, so a pianist will never ever run out of music to play. Also, this is just my opinion, but this makes practice more enjoyable because I'm not just hearing my part devoid of the context. I'm hearing 
not just my part, but the entire context, the entire piece of music. Of course, in practicing, you have to take the parts apart, play hands separately, voices separately, but you get to hear the full product, again, without having to rely on other musicians. And that's not to say that I don't enjoy playing in ensembles. I love playing chamber music, but again, it's, it's hard to rely on other people for your career. If anyone's done group projects in their business or their school, you know how difficult it can be when a member of a group is not pulling their weight and you feel like you have to pick up the slack. That happens in music as well. So when I'm playing a concert, I just simply have to show up, the instrument's there, and I play. It couldn't be more simple. And the final reason why I believe classical music is worthwhile and why I chose to be a classical musician is that classical music is appreciated globally. It is hugely popular in Asia, probably even more so than the United States. Obviously, its birthplace being in Europe, there is a great classical music scene there. I also remember seeing a 60 Minutes special called Joy in the Congo back in 2012, where it documents an orchestra in the Congo that ended up playing Beethoven. I believe they're still playing to this day. But I was amazed by this 60 Minutes special because it shows the orchestra members creating their own instruments out of discarded, recycled materials, anything that they could use, metals, woods, they would literally make their own instruments and create this music any way that they could because the entire village just loved Beethoven. Just a couple weeks ago on TikTok, I came across a lady who is American and volunteered her time to teach music in Zimbabwe, where there were several people who fell in love with opera just from finding it online, and they were mostly self-taught but amazing singers. Before the pandemic happened, I was supposed to tour with an early music ensemble in South America and Europe, and I was surprised to hear about how large the classical music scene and early music scene was in several countries in South America, like Peru and Chile. Not to mention the fact that classical music is in so many movies that Hollywood produces, which are dispersed around the globe. I've said before that I really don't like the common saying, music is a universal language. And I don't like it because I don't believe that all music is of the same language. I don't really understand West African drumming. I can listen to it and appreciate it, but I don't understand all the nuances of the timelines that they have in the polyrhythms. Nor could I work with a Japanese classical music ensemble as I'm not really familiar with their Sen scale system, and I certainly don't know how to Inuit throat sing. I could go on with examples, but my point is that as cultures develop, the music that they develop is very indigenous to their culture and might not really have anything to do with another culture. Another example I could give is that of Indonesian gamelan music. It uses a completely different tuning system, different instruments, However, classical music has done a lot to incorporate those styles. For instance, Debussy, hearing gamelan music at the Paris World Fair, created his piece Estamp and the Pagodas, which is based on the pagodas that he was inspired by in the art form and the Indonesian gamelan music that he heard. If there is any music that is really a universal language, I would think that classical music is about as close as one could get because of the fact that it is several hundred years old and has been dispersed to different cultures through so many media forms. But it's good to know that wherever I go, I could certainly find fans of classical music and be able to perform. And even though I have a pretty small YouTube channel and social media following, 
I'm always struck by how many followers I have that are spread across the globe in places like South Korea or Germany or the United Kingdom or Mexico or Brazil. And being able to connect to so many people from around the globe through this art form is another reason why I have chosen to stick with classical music. Anyways, these are just a few of my thoughts. I hope that you found it interesting or helpful. Do you agree with it? Do you disagree? Let me know in the comments or send me an email at joshvigrinpiano at gmail.com. Or you could always send me a DM. I love to hear from you guys. Anyways, that's it for today, and I will catch you on the next episode.